Hi, everybody. Welcome to Which Game First? And this is our second annual Firsty Awards. <laughs> where we rank yeah. the best of the games we reviewed this year. We put 136 games in contention for these awards. And here's Mike to talk about the first category. Let's get right into it. Okay, our first category today is Best Icebreaker Game. Uh, this is a game that is casual and easy and quick to play. And the nominees are 5-Minute Dungeon, Legendary Forests, Ramen Fury, Show and Tile, and Somnium, The Rise of Laputa. Out of these amazing five games, the winner is Somnium by Zafty Games. Yay! Somnium had gorgeous art. I know Celeste Kids got tons of hours of enjoyment out of it, and we learned something about Somnium. If you look closely, it has a lot to do with Gulliver's Travels. Right, the rise of Laputia. The Lilliputians. And of course, we played the edition with the nice little fun metal coin. Oh. My kids loved the gorgeous metal coins that came with the expansion. Beautifully finished to look antique. And there you have it, the winner of Best Icebreaker Games, Zafty Games, with Somnium. Okay, our next category is Best Party Game. This award goes to the game that's best at engaging large groups of people. And the nominees are Donner Dinner Party, Unlock, The House on the Hill, Wits and Wagers, Yeti in the House, and Werewolf Legacy. And the winner is Wits and Wagers from North Star Games. I have yet to bring out Wits and Wagers at any party and not have everyone loving it. It's so easy to get into, and it's amazingly intriguing to find the numbers of these questions. You're like, hmm, how many quills are there on a porcupine? Hmm." Somewhere, what is it, 26,000 or something crazy? Yeah, ridiculous. I was like, wow, maybe 3,000, 4,000. No, sometimes you just got to bet high. Place your bets. And the great part is that even if you're not good at trivia games, yes, that's me, you can just be good at betting. It's like, oh, I think Joe is going to be right. And it's great in a crowd because people come up with all kinds of wacky answers, which makes this game great. And even though it's an older game, there is a new release of it this year. And the new edition is Winston Wagers. It's Vegas, baby. The next category is Best Art. This award goes to the game that shows the most engaging or compelling use of art in a game. The nominees are Eschaton, Wingspan, The Seventh Continent, Escape Plan, and Root. And the winner for best art is Wingspan, Stonemeyer Game. And we, we barely have to explain to anybody how fly the art is in Wingspan because you probably already all own a copy. (laughs) (laughs) but we will (laughs) at least least waiting for another one to come off the press to buy one because the the art on these on these cards is beautiful oh the cards of the birds are just impeccable they are obviously professionally drawn but accurate i mean Mm -hmm. so accurate you know the details of the wings in this bird so different than the details in the wings of that bird and you know what else the game board or your mat your tableau it was beautiful. It was beautifully laid out. A lovely blend of colors kept everything in its in its proper layers. It was easy. It it helped the gameplay actually. The artwork did. 
And I know some people had their objections, but that little bird feeder, ah! Uh-huh. And if you go to the Stonemeyer Games website, you can find a link to buy the Prince of the Bird art directly from artist Natalia Rojas. And there it is, the winner of the best art category by Stonemeyer Games, Wingspan. And our next category is Best Meeple or Game Component. This award goes to the game that uses a meeple or other game component that immediately brings you into the game. And our nominees are Dice Forge, Tapestry, Zolkin, U-Boot, the board game, and Root. And the winner of Best Game Component of 2019 goes to Dice Forge. I live on Yeah. That is the one. <laughs> I love wow. popping those little pieces off and having them go fly into the air and then replacing them with better stuff. Oh, man, that was so fun. They had me at dice building. <laughs> really? I mean, they said it, but I was skeptical, you know? Like, how are they going to make this work and be a component that works for the game? But they did it. It's great. I can put all the same faces on the die this way. I don't have to worry about luck anymore. Yes. <laughs> dice well, with no <laughs> chance. I love it. <laughs> it gives you some sense of control over something that is otherwise normally just pure chance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the allure of it. It's very attractive in that, in that way. Upgrading is rarely a huge thrill for me in games, but wow, I could not wait to upgrade my dice. <laughs> I know. The clever way they managed to design these dice made it a truly unique innovation for this year. It's not just putting numbers on. It's it's your your die almost is a reflection of your personality, dare I say. So you get to put a little bit of you in the die as well. (laughs) There's no you in die. Yeah, (laughs) there is now. (laughs) And that's the winner of best meeple or game component. Libelude's Dice Forge. Our next category is Best Card Game. This award goes to the game that's just about the cards. No board needed. And the nominees are Mystic Veil, Wild Blue Yonder, Sorcerer, The Seventh Continent, and Key Forge. And the winner of the Best Card Game of the Year is Wild Blue Yonder by TMT Games. I was so impressed at how well the game mechanics of these cards simulated a dogfight. Yeah, this game had a ton going for it. It's easy. It's not overwhelming in a certain sense. It's not a matter of limited choices, but the strategy involved in having just these few cards and how to engage in a World War II dogfight <laughs> just really was so brilliantly crafted. The streamlining of battle was thrilling, and yet there is so much to it. Look, I didn't know anything about World War II fighter planes before I (laughs) saw this game. And after I played it, I had much better insight into what it meant to fly during that time. Yeah, and they did it all with just cards. While still being a lot of fun. And engaging. And there you have it, the winner of Best Card Game of the Year by GMT Games, Wild Blue Yonder. Off we go to the Wild Blue Yonder. Into the Wild Blue Yonder. Something, something, son. Give them the guns. <laughs> and the next category is Best Shelfie Game. This award goes to the game 
that you are most proud to have on your shelf due to its overall production value or sleekness of the game box and components. And the nominees are Tapestry, The Seventh Continent, Too Many Bones, U-Boot, the board game, War Room. And the winner among all these giant games goes to Too Many Bones by Chip Theory Games. Oh, the giant plastic insert full of dice all racked up. It was one of the most impressive games that I've opened up this year. And every single component is deluxe. Your reference sheet is a thick cardboard sheet. Your play mat is a neoprene mat with cutouts for your dice. And of course, a bucket of dice. And of course, stacks of chips. Wouldn't be chip theory games without a stack of chips, I guess. That's for sure. It makes you feel like you're taking a gamble every turn with all those <laughs> chips on the table. I love that the artwork wraps around not only the edges of the box, but goes onto the inside edges of the box and the actual underside of the box as well. Nice containers in the box to hold all of these great things. The ridged dice racks that come uh, that you can yes. hold your dice as you play each individual member gets their own set it's it's just a, a great production and that is the winner of best shelfie game by ship theory games too many bones next is the best educational game category this award goes to the board game which promotes education and learning through game playing what better way is there to learn <laughs> the nominees are cytosis a cell biology game innovation War Room, Wingspan, and Zendo. The winner of Best Educational Game is Cytosis, a cell biology game by Genius Games. Good name for the company. They have all kinds of uh, science games and educational games. Wow, did I learn how many things a cell does. It is a busy, busy thing. Oh, it's a universe unto itself, practically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a much more fun way to learn it in this game than it was in in grade school I'll, I'll give you that beautifully drawn beautifully colored very interesting to look at and they include in the box the science behind it so you can actually dig a little deeper into what all these cell functions are but it's fun to be actually moving your cell pieces around the cell doing things a cell would do so this year's winner of best educational game by genius games Cytosis, a cell biology game. And next up, we have Best Strategy Game. This award goes to the games that keep you up late at night, wondering what strategy you'll try next time. And our nominees are Age of Steam, Charterstone, Quacks of Quedlinburg, Tapestry, Zolkin, and Wingspan. Man, this is such a <laughs> this is such a contentious one that we had to have six <laughs> in this category. <laughs> and the winner of best strategy game is Quacks of Quedlinburg by North Star Games. The strategy of building your bag of components is so interesting. You get to choose which components you want to stick in the bag, and then hope you draw the right chain of them later. The results of strategy have never been more thrilling and so fast to arrive. It definitely entices you to press your luck. 
Yeah, and when you build your bag, it gives you a false sense of security about how much you should press your luck, but it it's all your fault because you chose that strategy yourself and how much stuff to put in the bag. <laughs> right, you can't blame anyone else. Yes, nobody else to blame <laughs> but yourself when you press your luck. <laughs> and and that's what keeps me up at night. And that's our winner of Best Strategy Game by North Star Games, Quacks of Quedlinburg. Our next category is Best Themed Game. This award goes to the game whose theme was best executed throughout its narrative, flavor, rules, components, and mechanics. And our nominees are Charterstone, The Seventh Continent, Too Many Bones, Trogdor, You Boot the Board Game, and Wingspan. And the winner is Trogdor by Harmless Junk Inc. Burninate. Oh, yes, this game burninates every other oh, game as far as theme oh, is concerned. I was genuinely worried about this game because the theme is so important and because the story is so specific to a very <laughs> small cartoon from the early aughts. It was critical that this game capture the feel and theme of Trogdor in order to be successful. It hinged on that, and boy, did it succeed. This game had me as soon as I was able to put a little flame on top of the peasant and have it <laughs> run around the countryside. Igniting things as it runs around. Burninating the countryside, burninating the thatch roof cottages. It, it fits the song of Trogdor. Um, <laughs> I think they really cared about this game, too, because they hired James Ernest. The Brothers Chapter, the original developer of the game, and they brought in James Ernest later to finish it. The Brothers Chapter were the original creators of Trogdor, and they were involved, thank goodness, in the design of this game. And the game includes many different Trogdor minis and meeples. They're all extremely recognizable, from the meeple-style ones they have made out of wood to the actual deluxe version, which we got, that had the miniatures, too. And there's our winner for Best Themed Game... From Harmless Junk Inc., Trogdor. Burn it! <laughs> I don't think that's an improvement. That's not an improvement. <laughs> I use yeah. Kuro Skuro shading. <laughs> <laughs> and our next category is Best Archaeological Find. The version we played must be 25 years old to be considered for this category. And the nominees are Clever Endeavor, Dealer's Choice, Iron Dragon, Loot, Fluster, and the winner of Best Archaeological Find from 1994, Mayfair Games, Iron Dragon. This classic really holds up. It's based on the old Empire Builder game, but this one is more elaborate. It has a few extra stuff that I think did bring this game a notch above. You have your different foremen, and they're in the fantasy setting. Gives you something that's less, maybe a little more enticing. Yes, yeah, one I've never seen an orcish rail line before. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> it's easy to learn and engaging to try to build up a network to help you pick up and deliver more stuff and make money. I'm not sure why they would transform a dragon that can fly into a big heavy train that can't fly. <laughs> and that's the winner of Best Archaeological Find. Mayfair Games, Iron Dragon. And here's one of my favorite categories, Best Abstract Game. 
This award goes to the best game in which the theme is not as important as the experience of playing. And our nominees are... Shobu, Zendo, Show and Tile, Twixt, and Racco. Three of them end in an O sound. <laughs> <laughs> and our winner of Best Abstract Game is Shobu by Smirk and Dagger Games. This takes a very simple mechanic and a beautifully simple board setup, but gives it such deep complexity. I couldn't believe that this wasn't actually an older game printed anew. This was actually a new design. Oh, I looked it up for hours. <laughs> I, I could not find what game it was based on because it was a brand new design. Yeah, you think like Mencala or you think mm-hmm. uh, Pente or some of these you know, games from antiquity is what it looks like, feels like. But no, new design game by by our friends at Smirk and Dagger. And its components are Riverstone and a piece of rope. I think it's a relaxing feel and look are a great way to set the stage for playing an abstract game like this. Almost like a Zen garden. Right, exactly. Yes, but you have to remember you're playing a game. <laughs> you can't get lost <laughs> yeah. in the Zen of it all. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to have something relaxing to look at while inside your brain it's like on fire trying to figure out what your best next move is. And that's the best abstract game by Smirk and Dagger Games, Shobu. Our next category is Best Accompanying Game App. This award goes to the game that came with a digital app that is required to play or simply enhance the play of the game. And our nominees are You Boot the Board Game. Five Minute Dungeon, Unlock, Detective, and Ultimate Werewolf Legacy. And the winner of Best Accompanying Game App is You Boot the Board Game by Phalanx Games. Wow, I have never been so engaged and delighted by a portion of a game than I was by the app in You Boot the Board Game. Or pressured by one. (laughs) (laughs) So many instruments to control, so many wonderful enhancements to the urgency of a scenario. Because all the random events that occur are triggered by the app. And every piece of this app felt like what it was representing. The instrument panel looked like the instruments on a U-boot. The periscope was shaped like a circle and actually let you look outside the ship as if you were really there. And pan around and and find enemy ships to torpedo. It kept track of repairs that you need to make on the ship. It was a wonderful, immersive way to run the comms of a board game. Like this. Yeah, it was a nice central way to keep everybody engaged in the game. And that's our winner for Best Accompanying Game App by Fallings Games, You Boot the Board Game. Okay, we're getting to the nitty gritty. Getting to the end. <laughs> Here we go. This category is called the Firsty Worsty. Woohoo! This <laughs> dubious award goes, goes to the game that simply has no good reason to keep playing with the best move being to bury it deep in the ground. <laughs> I think these were all unanimous uh, berries, right? And yeah. while there were lots of contenders, there were only five nominees, which are as follows. Some truly stood out. <laughs> Geronimo. In a pickle. Jar Jar Binks 3D Adventure Game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Marry me now. <laughs> Joe name it. And Russian roulette. Oh, where do we begin? Okay. Oh my God. So, if there were ever a category which deserves its own episode of a podcast, <laughs> it's this category. But seeing as how seeing as how we have limited time, let's talk so, about some of these you know, nominees. <laughs> Geronimo. Um, okay, I'm just going to start with <laughs> Geronimo. That's a good it place to start. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say it wasn't <laughs> the worst mechanics a game has ever had. If it wasn't for the absolutely dated and insulting theme, as Joe put it in our podcast, the idea of turning... <laughs> Kind of this legendary figure. Uh, Yeah, a man who spent his entire life defending the rights of his people into a, I don't know, thoughtless board game. Yeah, historical punchline, yeah. Yeah, into a thoughtless race game turns my stomach. Nobody could have put it better. I was so fortunate that I did not play this game, but from from the screaming the rest of the crew did from this one, oh my God, I'm glad I never did. Game itself had some potential to it. I mean, it had a three dimensional aspect to it, in which you stood up one side of the board to climb the cliff. It was a good idea, but it didn't really work that well. No, it didn't work. No, but the theme is so <laughs> offensive. And it's the, almost the ridiculousness of it, it just overwhelmed this yeah. game and kind of smothered it. It's like pouring ketchup all over, you know, a, a, a fine steak. I mean, drowning it in there. Uh, I mean, you're kind of almost implying that you had steak to work with in the first place. I, I, I don't think that's really true. <laughs> <laughs> and then layer on top of all that, the offensive theme. Oh, Mike, I wish you'd played it. There were all kinds of ways in which your players could be sent back to the beginning. So, Oh, that's okay. I made up for it, Evan. I made up for it by bringing one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life, not just for this year, to the table. And it reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about in Geronimo. Jar Jar Binks comes to mind. The 3D adventure game, they're calling Misa, it. Misa, a board game. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, we God. have you to thank for bringing this game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I, I actually brought it because oh. I knew it would be on this list this year. <laughs> this was one of those games that's just unworkable as a board game. <laughs> the chintziest components I've ever seen, they were flimsier than the back of an Easter egg painting box. Which wouldn't be so bad if it was like a card game or something, but this game right. actually had a dexterity component where you had to use the board itself to flick Jar Jar around the board. So the quality <laughs> of the components directly related to the gameplay. Yeah, they matter. And, 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 they matter. It yes. did matter. And things were f- practically falling apart as we were setting it up. You couldn't <laughs> even put Jar Jar in the chariot in the right position to, to stay. Ugh. It kept falling and... Yeah, it was it was an embarrassment. I mean, beyond the fact that it's Jar Jar, which is, already is like one of the worst embarrassments possible. Yeah, and Mike is <laughs> this... a, Mike is a pretty handy guy. He's a pretty handy guy, and and even he, with hours and tape, could <laughs> tape. not make this game function properly. I bought special tape. I bought special glue. I tried like flattening out the pieces with a vice just to make sure that they were the right shape when they went into yeah, the game. Nothing no, worked. You know, some <laughs> games say no batteries, no batteries not included. Well, this one should say tape and repair kit not included <laughs> oh, because man. it's required to put this yeah. game together. 
As Joshua would say, the best move is not to play at all. <laughs> Don't do it. How about Joe Namath, guys? Were they trying to name it after Joe Namath? They, uh, I think pun? that was the pun they were going for. But apparently they didn't get his permission, so... Yeah, and it had nothing to do with football. It had nothing <laughs> <Right>. to do with <laughs> Joe Namath in general. It's not your average party game, indeed. <laughs> yes, uh, I'd say it's below average party game. <laughs> What did you even do in that game? Can we even remember? Everything was named Joe. Just Joe, any Joe, everything. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who decided that the word Joe is an adequate theme for a game? (laughs) Yeah, the word Joe. Not even the name. It didn't talk about anybody specifically. Right. They just used the name Joe as a descriptor. It was an adjective that... (sighs) I'm so frustrated even talking about this game. Does everybody out there see how hard it is to even describe this game? <laughs> it was a cheap pun. Like many of the games in this category, it involves being the first to be able to shout out nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Which with our group, you would think you shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> it wasn't. It's a game that's too lazy to even finish its own questions. They they actually ask the person who's reading it to fill in the important parts. Like, right? Name the Italian word for blank, and then you have to come up with the word blank to finish the question before anybody else can even try to answer it. <laughs> Name oh. a music group with blank members. I mean, what? Oh, wow. There are no. There. They didn't even bother writing the answers. You just. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't even bother writing the question. Yeah. <laughs> they should have advertised it. It's the party game where you come up with the rules. They should have just spent a box of blank cards. Hey, come up with your own questions and answer them. Yay. Come up with your own game, jerks. We've talked about some bad themes and some offensive themes, but now how about just a theme that's a hot mess? Russian roulette? <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> it had nothing wow. to do with Russia, <laughs> Russian roulette, oh. or even roulette. <laughs> <laughs> the, the least apt ga- named game in history. I mean, if you could rename it, what would you rename this game? I don't know. Hotness? Three of a kind, high card. <laughs> like waste of time. <laughs> time waster. Waste of time. Game. Don't play this. I the, the artwork had nothing to do with anything. No. The the odds were incorrect. You know the the, oh. the mechanics of the game in which you place certain bets. The the they, the payoffs were wrong in certain ways. The two characters they chose to put on the box are Uncle Pennybags and the Czar of Russia. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> This is like a game made with a dartboard. It's not like, even some like anti-communist statement or something. No. It's no, it had no statement to make. No, you're right. <laughs> this thing was a bunch of individual ideas just thrown together and said, "Let's see if it works," and it didn't. No, it was <laughs> okay. Well, let's make it anyway. Yeah, it... I'm sure you're all wondering why this one didn't win. Yeah, well, you're about to find out, Evan. Take it away. <laughs> the winner of the firsty worsty. This year is In a Pickle by GameRight. Congratulations. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) We shouldn't even say the name of the game company for this one because I feel bad for them. This game is so terrible. Well, I mean, you know, we didn't make them play our In a Pickle game, so. (laughs) (laughs) You could call this game it an argument. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> this is just a way to fight with your friends for an hour. Yeah. An arbitrary decision of who wins each round and never strategically a good idea to vote for anyone. Yeah, strategically rarely a good choice to vote for what's right. So this game encourages you to be unethical and argumentative. They think they're being clever. They think that it's creative. They think it's kind of a, a different way to look out, you know, think outside the box kind of game. But mm-hmm. it's none of that. All it does is get you into arguments mm-hmm. and disagreements about whether a sofa, sofa really does fit inside a shopping cart or is hope <laughs> is hope larger than a master bedroom. <laughs> it does sound like it could be intriguing if it was in a better rule set. Yeah. I, I like the idea of thinking outside the box, you know, trying to say why love is bigger than a story, you know, but the, the way you judge it, it just makes it not a game. Yeah, and those are great conversations for sitting at the bar with your friends, but not in mm-hmm. a competitive setting that encourages you to essentially cheat to win by lying about how you feel about whether or not it fits, whether or not <laughs> a couch fits in a, or hope fits in a bedroom because you're just trying to win. Yeah, if this was a timed cooperative game, Maybe it would have something. Like, I'm not even going to get that opinion that I really want from my friend, which I might really want to learn why they think that. But I can't because they're so busy trying to win that they're not even going to speak the truth, their own truth. Yeah. I mean, even apples and apples have something over this game because there, at least you know you're playing to the moderator. Yeah, in this one, all your opponents are the moderator. And that's why the winner of this year's Firsty Worsty is Game Rights. In a pickle. I'm angry just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and for our final award for 2019, the Game of the Year. This award goes to the game that was published within the last 24 months, but we exclude games that are reprints or new editions of older games. And the nominees are Fox of Quedlingburg. Tapestry, U-Boot, the board game, War Room, Wingspan. When we're talking about the best games of the year, it's common to see some of these games pop up in the earlier category because these are Game of the Year material. They definitely are. These are the games you revisit over and over. They will not only great for the last 24 months, these things will last 24 years. You're going to want to continue to play these games, I think. And just a reminder, these are games that we played during this year. And the award for Game of the Year goes to... Quacks of Quedlingburg from North Star Games. Yay! You did it, North Star. Congratulations. (laughs) It's just a fantastic game all around. Looked great. Played great. We laughed. We had we had just such a great time. The ga- this game I will go back to for the rest of my life. I think a great indicator of a good game is that when you finish playing, you want to shut it up and play again right away. Which I did every time I played this game. I played it at least three times in a row. A lot of the fans have sewn their own custom pouches for this game because there's because <laughs> yes. pulling components out of the bag is the most fun. Custom pouches. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought you could have that much fun pulling components out of a bag? It's so fun. Uh, even even blowing up your pot is fun because you knew it was possibly coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ability to press your luck is awesome. The fact that I 
was wishing I tried something different every time I played it. It's replayable. It's fun. Uh, this is a great game. It plays right into my greed. <laughs> For me, it's a bit of nostalgia, too. We used to run a LARP that used to have a system in which you would do alchemy and you would draw chits from a bag to see if your potions were I successful know. or not. So very nostalgic for me personally. Mm-hmm. And that is our game of the year. North Star Games, Quacks of Quedlingburg. Thanks to all our listeners for a great year and... Congratulations to all our winners. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. We've got so much more fun gameplay for you. We'd love to hear about your best games of the year. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let's hear about them. See you next week. Happy gaming. <laughs>